Spoiler alert! The Silver Screen Redemption includes few to no spoilers. Due to Houston and Brian's lack of cinematic knowledge, most of their movie information is either false or imagined. However, if they still leave you feeling paranoid about potential spoilers, please check the episode description for details. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone, uh, to the Silver Screen Redemption, our great podcast where we... The make, greatest podcast. The greatest podcast where we make the movies that Hollywood won't. There are no other podcasts where we do that. So, it is clearly the greatest one of that category. <laughs> By that definition, we're probably also the worst podcast. That's also true, and more readily apparent. What's your name? I'm Brian Perry. I am Houston Bodily. Um, Robert Pattinson is Batman now. <laughs> Bet you, didn't, bet you didn't think I was going there. It sure wasn't. Since that... we, have, we have like a whole plan for this episode, and as, that's not it. As we were testing the microphones, <laughs> we were just trying to test the volumes of how loud I could yell at Brian without it breaking the ceiling. And the only way you can get loud enough is if you're just thinking about how mad you are that I don't like Batman. Yep, it's definitely true. But Robert Pattinson. I think he's a great Batman. choice. He's also going to be in a, uh, a Christopher Nolan movie coming out with Denzel Washington's son. Okay. So he's getting... <laughs> I heard that as Denzel Washingtonson. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a fun last name. If yeah. anyone has that name, call us. Washingtonson. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you. Cool. Um, yeah, so he's finally getting his big break after, I th- I've liked after the Twilight stuff. era. I did just watch uh, Goblet of Fire. Yes. Which he is in. And he's fine. And he's dead. He is dead. But he's also fine in that movie. Yeah. Um. What's the movie that he's in where it's in South America and they're exploring the Nile? Not the Nile. Uh, the uh, Amazon? It's like the Lost City of Z? Something like that. Yeah. World War Z? And it's got like Tom Holland in it or something. Uh, that doesn't It's definitely familiar. not World War Z. I know. <laughs> um, I don't think it's Tom Holland, but also maybe I didn't know who Tom Holland was when I saw that movie. So Okay. Well, possible. Lost City of Z great flick check it out it is good. I, i'm assuming it's a great i flick. did enjoy it and he's got a great beard in it like his beard is just great in it so um speaking of great beards <laughs> i don't know how to transition i have one. no idea um here here's the episode okay we did our dumb banter at the start we had our fun talk about how much i don't like batman but that i'm excited for robert pattinson to play we're, batman. we're doing just like a really quick uh, roll through our greatest hits. <laughs> we did it. Yeah, we had to we had to distill our personalities into one short ban- banterous conversation, and we did it. Check time to do the real episode. You're all happy now. Okay, so here's the thing. There is a podcast called Unspooled. Tell me more. Okay, Unspooled is uh, Paul Shear, actor, um, and Amy Nicholson, critic. Okay. They are both fantastic. They are both. I assume. Again, I'm great. just assuming. We, we don't I know don't, them personally. I but I, I do know Amy Nicholson from, not personally, but from listening to her on many, from, many podcasts, podcasts or yeah. interviews. She is a fantastic movie critic. You should go read her stuff. It's very insightful. So basically their whole thing is. And Paul, Paul's probably good too. Paul's probably good too. Paul has not seen a lot of classic movies. He's sort of the Brian Perry of the podcast. Yes. Uh, and they are going through the AFI top 100 films of all time. Okay. Okay. That's sort of their whole premise. Right. And they recently hit halfway. Okay. To honor that and to promote themselves, probably uh, they tweeted out uh, a challenge to create a movie mashup using only films from their first 50 episodes. We're going to ignore that last little, uh, last little part. Cause uh, 
Because Brian doesn't listen to movie podcasts. Yeah. He likes to keep his thoughts original. Exactly. So um, we're just going to do anything from the top 100. But no, unspooled, Paul and Amy, if you're listening, it's it's all for you. Hi, Paul. Everything we do, we do it for you. Um, One example they give is, would Indiana Jones be a convincing actress in Tootsie? Okay. Oh, ha ha. Take a character from this. Put him in that. Okay. Uh, A good example. Let's address that. Do you think... think Harrison Ford could be a good cross-dresser. Uh, I think, yeah. I mean, can he do it? Yes. Does the Would he be convincing? Uh, no. I think, yeah. I think he's got too much of a, he's got too much of that rugged build. Yeah. Too much of the jaw there. Yeah. I don't know if he could pull off the. Um, the, the question take. I have, I think the real question that we want to get into is Indiana Jones, not Harrison Ford. How would Indiana Jones pull it off? Would he do okay? I don't think he really acts at all. So even acting as a male would be difficult for Indiana Jones. Uh, let's be real. Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones are the same person. Yeah, I guess so. It, it's Harrison Ford if he was living in the 1930s punch. So he would just be grumpy and not into it at all. And pretending to teach an archaeology class. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so now that we've gone through sort of the demo that they've provided for us, um, we can really get into this. So... So another special thanks to our friends at Podville. Um, Podville spelled like vaudeville. They they actually thought like, oh, Silver Screen Redemption, they would love to do this. So so we're going to, and here we go. Ready, set. I'm picking a random movie. Okay. You're picking another one. Let's yeah. just fire at this until we stumble upon a masterpiece, because that's usually how this podcast rolls. Should I try and pick one that I do know or one that I don't know? Uh, <laughs> either or. Okay, I've got mine. I've got okay, my first one. Okay, I'm just... Looking at one randomly. Three, two, one. Annie singing Hall. Singing in the rain. Wow. Annie's is singing in the rain. Tell me about Annie Hall. It's Is it about getting a gun? It's about Woody... Almost Harrelson. Harrelson. Not Harrelson. Alan. Woody Allen. And a girl. And they have a love relationship. And he's very uh, narcotic. Uh, not narcotic. What? <laughs> he's necrotic. He's, he's an undead... <laughs> beast he is a drugged up undead woody allen uh no what's the when you're always paranoid always like hypochondriac not not about being sick he's uh not narcissistic it's an n-word and not the (laughs) (laughs) woody allen's a real n-word in this movie (laughs) um anyways it's not narcotic anyway he's a narc he's a narc okay no Um, that's not it What's, but, the, what's it about, though? You haven't said, like, a plot. Well, I haven't seen it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm switching to Jaws. Well, That's we, my we, new we, random We one. could take that character, though. We could still take the, the whatever word that is of Woody Allen. I don't even know who plays Andy Hall. Uh, it's also Woody Allen wearing a wig. No, we're not doing that. Because he had, like, some weird, like, uh, Me Too movement stuff. Sure. So, let's... Forget him. It's <laughs> Jaws and Singing in the Rain. Yep. A much more palatable combination. Didn't we have an episode that we lost to the technological blunders of my computer where we did have... We did have it Jaws. It was like Aquabats poppin', I think, where it's like a shark mm-hmm. musical. We did have a shark musical. I think this is the time to revive that episode. Okay, so... Um, yeah, I mean, this is basically it. Um, so... It, it would be like a Finding Nemo situation. Like, Bruce yeah. is probably on the verge of the dying film industry. So you're saying it takes place in the water? Yes. I was going to put it on land and make them sort of street sharks. Like a f- literal fish out of water tell. Oh, that would be... Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Is that is that where the concept of the Little Mermaid came from? 
Yeah, I, I assume. Like, because that's that's also very like directly fish out of water. Anyway, um, I I think this would be Pixar's next new animated feature because we've already seen that Dory can go and drive a truck down the highway. Yeah. So it's not that far out of the realm of possibility that a shark could come on and be are, singing and dancing. Are we actually tapping into that IP though? Or, or is it going to be our own unique shark? Well, that was kind of what the the pitch for this tech this tweet was is that it's would Indiana Jones be able to pull off Tootsie. Right, right, right. But Finding Nemo's not on the list. We're talking about Jaws. So we're taking the shark from Jaws. Oh, I get what you're at. Yeah. Yeah, if Finding Nemo's not on this list, <laughs> it should be. So uh, so the, the shark from Jaws suddenly unexplodes. Yeah, I'm switching to Finding Nemo. Okay, it's not on the list. It is now. It's in the <laughs> AFI <laughs> top 101. Hold on, we gotta... F- no, we're just gonna find one. We're gonna hunt until we get a good. Uh, okay, it, it it's it's Rocky, <laughs> the shark. No, it, it's Bruce, who is still the name of Jaws. <laughs> okay, Bruce. Bruce is the name of Jaws. Bruce quotation mark Jaws, and the, it's the also shark. a nod to Bruce in Finding Nemo. Perfect. And it's a new Pixar feature, but it's not related to Finding Nemo. But it is. It, but it is a crossover between Jaws and Singing in the Rain. Yes. Okay. Is someone. Is it at the rise of of sound in motion pictures? Yeah. Or are we changing the setting to be more modern, like Jaws? I think this was back in the day when sharks were not modern folk. <laughs> and they <laughs> just swam in the sea. Okay. And they would nibble on people who swam by. You know, back in those days, back when they're back when sharks weren't weren't civilized society. I and, remember that. And Roy Scheider or Schneider. Who? Rob, Sh- Rob Schneider? No, not Rob <laughs> Schneider. Uh, the one who who is the Jaws guy. And Richard Dreyfuss and Robert Quinn. Okay. Robert Shaw. I'm getting those actress names. We're going to cut that. Where did Schneider? Nope, we're not cutting it because I'm going to keep talking about it. <laughs> I know these just, names, I Just promise. admit that you think Rob Schneider's in Jaws. He is not. <laughs> it's like Roy Scheider or something. I know this name if I saw it. Ron Scheinhart. Of Shinehart Universal Wigs. Um, yeah, you look it up. Uh, joke's on you. It is Roy Scheider. Oh, okay. And Richard Dreyfus and Robert Shaw. Okay, cool. And I called him Robert <laughs> Quinn because Quinn is his character. His character's name. name. That does sound right. Um, are they in the movie? Um, I don't even know if I'll remember. Richard Dreyfus is. Richard we can bring Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus back. And I think Roy Scheider is. I don't think Robert Shaw is. I think he's. Yeah, he died. In 1978. Okay. So we get Richard <laughs> Dreyfus. He's definitely older now. Um, but Richard Dreyfus is the shark's agent now. Trying to help him break into the big things. <gasps> I know it. I know it. It's still in the silent films. It's a prequel to Singing in the Rain. Okay. The shark is the voice. It has a beautiful singing voice. Yes. Richard Dreyfus is going out on his boat. His bigger boat. And he's bringing his recording equipment. And he's got a screen. And he just knows that this shark, the reason he was so violent and bad in the first one was because he was just wanting to to become a star. So now the shark is lending its beautiful voice to these picture these movies that now have voice. And it's the new James Earl Jones. But but there'll be someone else Bruce who Bruce is voiced by James Earl Jones. That's pretty good. Um and so who's who's like the lead actor? Who is using that voice? Uh, it's Jack Black. 
Jack Black with the voice of James Earl Jones. Because is... Jack Black definitely voiced a shark in what is it? Shark Tale. Shark Tale, yeah. Yeah. Um shout out to to my niece, Sydney, who loves Shark Tale. That my sister's whole family, they all love Shark Tale. Okay. That's my, good. My niece's Instagram account is like named after Shark Tale. Like there's so much going on. They're very into Shark Tale. Is it Sydney Shark Tale? No, it's something else. And I, I, I don't it's her Finsta, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put her on, on blast here. That's fine. But she loves Shark Tale. So anyway, it's very funny to me. Well, I'm going to move on to the next movie. I don't think there is much of a case for this movie, The Singing in the Grain, Jaws crossover. It does crossover. take a lot of liberties It's with <laughs> both movies. <laughs> because it's because it's both a sequel to Jaws and a prequel to Singing in the Rain. Yes. So yeah, that's not going to happen. Jaws 5, Singing Outside of the Rain. Um, I, I've got a new movie ready to go. When you're I... ready... Uh, I, I do too. I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, one. West Side Story. Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Jets get a little too carried away. Just That's the one where he eats people, right? Um, yeah, he's Hannibal the Cannibal. Yeah, okay. Uh, that name, a little too obvious in my opinion. Why did they name him Hannibal? Because the guy who wrote the book named him Hannibal. Uh, Hannibal the Cannibal. Anyway, um, maybe they just love fava beans. <laughs> I know that's a line from that movie. And a nice Keontae. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, yeah. we're we're doing a little bit of like blending of themes. What what if we go with the like the Indiana Jones Tootsie example? We we need to pick a character and drop them into the other. I think the most obvious p- choice is to pick Hannibal Lecter, drop him into into the streets of New York for West Side Story. Okay, so this takes place a little bit after West Side Story, so all the actors are a little grown up and everything. Well, not all um, of them, not the ones who are dead. Yes. So, uh, but now there's more dead and we have a murder mystery. Okay. And we have to bring Jodie Foster out of retirement and find out who killed the rest of the sharks. Fun fact. We did end up with another, uh, another musical themed shark thing. Yes. Both of these are somehow, um, this one has potential. I actually would love to see just the world of West Side Story after, um, obviously they didn't think of doing that because it's just based on Romeo and Juliet, which doesn't have a sequel, but like, why not? Have any Romeo and Juliet adaptations ever gotten a sequel? No. I would love that. People are all for adapting Shakespeare plays into movies. Do a sequel. sequel? Tell another story. Uh, So what do you do with the sequel of a movie where your protagonists are dead, Brian? Um, Tell me that one, Brian. Natalie's not... not, Sorry. Uh, Brian, what do you do when Romeo and Juliet, who the title is named after, are dead? Okay, so here's the thing. Brian, In in West Side Story, Maria does not die. So we do have Maria. We can tell the story of Maria... Unfortunately, Natalie Wood is dead, but we would have recast her anyway because she would be very old. Yes. And we want we don't want to go that far into the future. Uh, it, it'll be a soft reboot. A That's bit. fair. Um, nope, it's a sequel, but it's recast. Well, soft reboot. Uh, yeah, recast. Sure. Is what I meant by that. Um, so who do we cast? Who's the new uh, Maria? Maria. Oh, is I know. Going I want to be who? Uh, Stephanie Beatrice. Oh, okay. I like that one. Um, That's a fun one. Yeah. I just like her on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Um, and her voice, her real voice, is much more appropriate for Maria than the voice she does for... Yeah, it, it's kind of almost offsetting. Like, she has a lovely voice, but it's a little offsetting because it's like... Offsetting? Off-putting. Oh, okay. I <laughs> I think you just combined off-putting and upsetting. Okay. I can tell you exactly where it came from. I work yeah. for a solar company. Got and it. we deal with solar production offsets all day. Got it. And that's where that word came from. Makes sense. Now you know a little bit about my life. Yeah. 
so Stephanie Stephanie Beatrice, I think, is a great choice for Maria. And uh, I mean, she is a detective. Yes, she knows how to play a detective. But, but in, this in, one's a little too much for her. Yeah. So she has to find Hannibal the cannibal. Okay. And they have a fun buddy comedy. So is he a cop or is he just, he's a, uh, no, he's, he's a prisoner. Yeah. That he, makes more sense. Probably. Well, he's, pr- he's probably on the loose. Okay. And so he's giving her like fun little messages of like where to meet him and like, don't bring the cops or whatever. So or is she people. a real detective now? She's a real detective. Okay. She was Jodie Foster's partner. And then Jodie Foster went missing. No one could find her. Okay. And that's what drives her because she can't, she couldn't succeed on this case of finding okay. her partner. And she wants to help out the sharks. Okay. I think, I think you've told me everything I need to know about this movie. I think we need to come back to this at some point. Cool. Let's, let's, let's try and get one or two more ideas. Uh, and then we can decide, but that's definitely winning in my mind is the, is the uh, silence of the lambs West side story crossover against all odds. Yeah. <laughs> Silence of the Sharks is the running title. <laughs> it kind of, yeah, it sells itself. Okay, uh, I'm ready. Uh, let's go with E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Uh, duck Soup. <laughs> I, what is Duck Soup? You haven't seen Duck Soup? I've no. seen Duck Soup. It's a it's a Marx Brothers movie. Oh, um, yes, yes. You've probably seen it. I, I have. Yeah. I just didn't realize it was called Duck Soup. Yes. Um, I don't know much about it. Like, I don't remember it that well. I remember it being very funny. And it, uh, basically all I remember is they do that one part where someone's hiding from someone else. And it's the fake mirror. The fake mirror. Yes. Um, well, that kind of writes itself. E.T. doing the same scene. That is the kind of scene that E.T. would do. But does that mean there's a second E.T.? That's obviously the natural progression. her name is She-T. She-T. That's a pretty (laughs) She-T name. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see E.T. back on his home planet doing a slapstick oh, comedy. Oh, well, okay. Hold on. There has to be a plot to that movie, right? <laughs> Maybe. If it made the top 100 list, I think Duck Soup has a plot. Yeah, Groucho Marx becomes the president of this poor country to try and save it. So, is E.T. the president? I think he's come back from Earth. Okay. All these many years later. Okay. It's like only like a few minutes what? after leaving Earth. But oh, okay. in, in our lifetime, it's a few years later. And he decides, you know what? With all this experience I've had out in the world, I'm going to start my political campaign. Okay. And save the great planet of Etidum. Uh, oh, okay. I thought you were saying he came back here. No. He can run no, for president no, of Earth. No, we're done with humans. Screw yeah. humans. So everyone in the movie is an E.T. Or as they call them on their planet, T's. I think there's an actual name. But I, really? think, it's, I think it's better if we don't figure it out. Sure. Are there others in the movie? I don't remember oh, E.T. Yes. at all. There's plenty of... Well, okay. no. Of the other aliens, no. But there is plenty of lore. He does okay. have a good friend who is like a botanist there called Botanicus. What? Yeah, there's like a D.E.T. lore. Um, there's also the lore that it is part of the Star Wars universe. Yes. Because they're in the that Galactic That is all Senate. connected. Um, so he's running for Senate. Yeah. Okay, this is the story of E.T. Uh, running for Galactic Senate. That's very good. Um, the one problem is that Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, is not on the AFI Top 100. Imagine that. Uh, that's fine. It's still an E.T. Because E.T. is the character. Yes. So we're dropping into Duck Soup, but transporting it. 
and the Star Wars universe. And it's slapstick comedy about yeah. being a politician in the Star Wars universe. So it does fit them- thematically with Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, is that what Jar Jar Binks is based on? Is it actually? I, I mean, just kind of like some of the slapstick. Soup. It's duck and soup. And it's also, that means that episode one deserves to be an AFY's top 100. No, it doesn't. We're moving on to the next movie. Now okay. that you cool. uh, come up with that blast it's, for me. It's, that movie's on my list, though. I would love to watch anything about about the E.T. people in Star Wars. Okay. Um, E.T., She.T., and Batankus running for Senate. <laughs> yeah. Those, those are, are the three in the spinning circle thing yeah, on exactly. episode one. Um, Tell me about Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and what it should be matched up with. Hold on. you got to wait for me to have it so we can do it at the same time. Because now, now I know what yours is. Okay, I'm picking a different one. Okay. Okay. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. <laughs> Switch to Clockwork Orange. Okay, okay, here we go. Um, so all the dwarves get names that are colors. Is that Clockwork Orange? Am I think I'm thinking of Reservoir Dogs. I think you're definitely thinking yeah. of Reservoir Dogs. Um, Clockwork Orange is the one where it's the crazy guy who they tried to rehabilitate him by like they show a bunch of like horrific events or like they make him sick or like go okay. crazy uh, whenever he sees violence okay because they're trying to get him to stop doing got it yeah um it also happens to be tied to box fifth symphony okay Um, that's like the trigger yeah got it um but they're just like trying to get him over being a violent person eventually he snaps and he goes back to his violent ways okay is kind of how it like alludes to at the end sure but he's like very very abusive killing people and he's doing it i don't want him to be in the world i don't want him to be in the world of snow white and the the seven dwarves it's too pure and so i recommend we put maleficent maleficent however you say it into clockwork orange um but that doesn't fit with the premise and so sleepy is definitely super psychotic now oh okay (laughs) um it seems like it would be grumpy no i think sleepy or not sleepy dopey is who i'm thinking okay because he's doped yeah, sure. I he just had his like mental gro- growth spurt. Okay, and he solved the world, and now he's too good for the world, so he needs to get rid of people. Okay, and he is a psychopathic killer, and the other six dwarves are trying to stop him. All right, you want to pick a new movie then? <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with this. I, I I have nowhere to go with that. Okay, I got mine. Uh, I have. Okay, perfect. I got mine. Three, two, one. The six sixth cents. <laughs> Okay, so with this one, okay, no, we've already done. There's seven senses. Okay, we've I literally got my... already even done the sixth sense. Okay, I think that's why we were both drawn to it. Okay, here's uh, I'm ready. Okay, there's only so many of these that I've seen, so. <laughs> uh, I was about to pick Schindler's List. Decided to avoid that one. Yeah, that's probably we're probably not gonna have super fun with that. I've I've scrolled past it a couple times. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Three, two, one. King Toy Kong. Story. Okay, that's something we can work with. There is, is it King Kong in the Toy Story realm? Where now so the a toy, toy, yeah, yeah, and it's like, but technically it's a, that's not the same character. Yeah, but it's a King Kong toy, and he go on. Because see, what I kind of like is the idea of a spinoff movie, where kind of like with superhero movies now, where it's like, oh, Logan is like a superhero western, or Got like, it. yeah. Uh, Brightburn is a superhero horror movie. Or Rogue One is a Star Wars uh, war film. Yeah. 
Yeah. I get what you're saying. I like this idea where it's now we've made so many Toy Stories. Now we have to make a Toy Story natural disaster movie. Fair. Okay. And it's King Kong. I mean, that's a logical conclusion. Yeah. Of course. It's King Kong. And maybe he was the monkey with the symbols that clap. But now he's lost his symbols. Yeah. If it's a disaster movie, can it just be like full-size King Kong? And like... We explore what do toys do in a circumstance like that? Yeah. Like when, when Andy's mom has to run for her life. And they get left behind. Yeah. At the house. Yeah. Like that's their biggest fear is being that left behind. That is actually a much more intriguing premise. What if all of civilization leaves them behind and they're like, what do we do? What's our purpose? And then it works on a metaphorical level of like when like when everything goes gawampus, are we remembering the little people? Are we remembering yeah. to take care of them? Yeah. I, I that's pretty compelling to me. Yeah, that sounds better to me than the premise of Toy Story Four. Uh, it also sounds better than what was your stupid movie with um, uh, Snow White and uh, serial killers, Clockwork Orange. It sounds better than that one. Oh yeah, that was your stupid. Idea. That was mine. Let's, How is that mine? Let's that was move yours. on to this one. Okay, King Kong and Toy Story. Okay, my, and it's a literal crossover. It is King Kong. Yeah. It is the Kong. I would love this. And and they have to go around and find... Like, what does a toy need other than human companionship? They don't need food. They don't need water. They don't need sustenance. Like, what do you do? Like, a survival movie where their whole survival is, like, human connection? That's yeah. fascinating. Well, this brings up a whole new question of if the toys can find food pretty easily. Like, they're sneaky. They're small. They can get through cracks. Yeah. They could find food. They don't need it. But do they reveal themselves to humans in these situations? I think they would, yeah. They're like, we need a relationship with humans. But it is like a philosophical debate of like like an existential crisis sort of situation. Do you ruin this for toy hood? Because kids are no longer going to play with you once the dust settles. Because they're going to be a little creeped out if the secret uh, gets out. I guess. I guess so. Um, We do get some really weird lore from just the trailers of Toy Story 4. That it's possible to just like stick some stuff to a spork. So if it vaguely has a face, it's a toy and therefore is alive. But there definitely are also toys that don't even have faces. What determines what a toy is? Do you know what I mean? Uh, these are sense? all the questions we're going to solve in Toy Story King Kong. Toy Story meets King I think it's TSKK for short. I think we go with the old school name of like Toy Story meets King Kong. Oh, it's I like Abbott that. and Costello meet Frankenstein. <laughs> Uh, it'll be, it'll Buzz and Woody can, meet. Yeah. I, I was going to say, can we take it back a little bit? Yeah. Buzz and Woody meet King Kong. That's pretty awesome. And, oh, and there is going to be a scene where they are in a toy plane flying around King Kong. It's awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. very good. Um, So I'm imagining an opening scene where they're playing. It's a flashback to them playing with Andy. Are we on this? Are we doing this one? Like yes. I, I'm pretty I, much sold. I, I'm committed to this. I'm pretty this much sold here. This one sounds great. Um, I think it brings up a lot of fun questions. Okay, the first scene is Andy. Flashback to Andy as a kid playing with his toys in one of his great adventures. Right? Yes. It, you know, Mr. Potato Head robbing the train, all that stuff. Except he's acting out King Kong. Yes, he's got with a toy his toys, Kong, and and Woody and Buzz have to save the day per yeah. usual. And that's like it's like a great opening scene. It's a good set piece, and then we realize that it's just. Like a memory of Woody and they're sitting around a campfire. Yes. Trying to like figure out what to do. In like, what what would be like an iconic scene from Toy Story that they could like be camping at? 
like the the ruined remains of the house of Andy's house, or uh, it could be the playground of the the one the nursery, the daycare, the nursery, the daycare. Yeah, yeah. it could be Al's toy barn. That would be visually interesting. Oh yes. Oh, what it's if the broken big, down? Well, the big chicken is like half buried in the sand. Yes, that'd be cool. They have all the other toy Buzz Lightyear's there with maybe like maybe it's a little gruesome. Like maybe there's arms in the yeah. ground and whatnot. This is a very dark Toy Story. This is rated it, PG. It's PG. That's how yes. dark it is. Um, man, like this is this is actually like the most interesting question that Toy Story has ever made me think about. <laughs> uh, and I think this is Toy Story five. Like I do want the Keen Pill characters, assuming they're that's fun fine. In this. I yeah. want Tony Hell on board with this. Uh, the Spark is is not going to survive long though. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> the spork will probably die in the opening scene. The spork is going to give himself to feed humanity. That's fine. <laughs> so maybe we do keep him around for a little bit. Because um, they can't eat without sporks. That here, makes no sense. Here's a question I have. Okay. I've always wondered, like, Legos. Are they a toy? This is kind of going off okay. what you were talking about. But then you get into other areas, like drones because i was thinking okay a toy yeah. plane probably wouldn't get that high to do the king kong thing but a drone could yeah drones can be a toy and or a tool, actual tool right? yeah yeah Wait, what about a cross? what about a video game yeah. right like they play video games in toy story and they're not alive i don't think yes but that's weird i think why aren't they toys I think video games are fine okay. they're their own thing um but i do like this idea of like what about those Maybe. rings that you stack? Like that a baby stacks on a little thing. That's a toy. Oh, that is specifically in Toy Story, and they don't use that. It's not. Yeah, I think you're right. It's not alive. Yeah. Because um, they also use, like, the microphone. No, that one is a person. That has a face. Um, But they do have, like, books. And, like, the ball, for example. The ball doesn't have a face. Yeah. Is that, the ball alive? It's not alive. No. So it does is, have to have, like, some Does it have to have some kind features. of face? Yeah, I think that's right. Maybe that's, not humanoid, but, like facial Anim yeah some kind of face um that's interesting uh, there's got to be a counter example if you're listening to this and you're like ah you're probably like yelling like what about the jack in the box has a face um but let's get anyway. off this semantic yeah i'm for off a it. second um where are we going with the story the interesting questions do they reveal themselves ruin themselves for toy kind i think they have to get to a point where they have a this debate and it's like well if we're not helping them yeah who, like, what is the purpose of being a toy if we're not there to support in the so, times of emotional crisis? Okay, so I think the plot is, when we when we open on them at Al's Toy Barn, that's the first place they thought to look for other survivors, right? Yes. They're like, there's got to be survivors at Al's Toy Barn. It's a big building, lots of toys. Let's go there, because they know where it is, right? When they find the survivors, the next plan is, we need to find people. So they go to the only places they know. They visit the daycare. They visit Andy's house again. They go to... Where else do they go? Like they're probably not gonna go to Al's apartment. That's probably not helpful. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they go to Sid's house. Maybe. Maybe they. Maybe they find Sid in some colony. You know what? I of think survivors. There's always that theory about how Sid was the garbage man in Toy Story Three. Right. Yeah. Because he's got the shirt. He rocks <laughs> out. He's a lot nicer to toys now. He puts yeah. him on his truck. I think he is. That's part of the decision. A hero in this. He's maybe not the protagonist, but he's going to be the one who like finds the toys and like reaches out yeah. to them and is like, Hey, can you help me with these I survivors? I think, uh, well, and then they have to have this discussion, right? That's that, that makes the discussion even more interesting. It's like, do we help these humans? It's Sid. Yeah. Right. Like he's, he's, and they remember they probably, he probably doesn't remember them specifically. Oh, I'm sure he remembers them. That would traumatize oh, that's true. you as a kid. They did come alive. Yeah. <laughs> there was that whole thing. 
So they've already revealed themselves to him. So yeah. he already knows. That's pretty that's pretty interesting. And so I think there's an interesting scene where he's like, he sees them and he's like, yeah. hey, can you help me? Like, we are unable to get this medicine. Can yeah. you go and get And everyone's like, Sid, you're going crazy. What's up? Yeah. And then they have to decide to reveal themselves. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I think as they're going and like trying to survive, they start to learn that they have these abilities that would be helpful to humans. They also realize that they're getting weaker and weaker as they, they have less and less human interaction. Like they need it. They crave it. Yeah. They're like, it's so easy for us to survive. Like you could pull us apart and our individual body parts would survive. But if we don't have that human interaction, they just, they stop living, right? They, yeah. they turn into just like a, a ball or a, a non alive toy. Exactly. So, so it starts getting desperate, right? Spork dies. Uh, Squeaker dies. The penguin man. Uh, who else do we kill off to really to really hit your heartstrings? Uh, uh, no, I don't think we kill off too many more people. We need one more. <laughs> we need one like adorable character to die. I think Bo Peep does get captured. Bo Peep, sure, because she's being held by a lady who like connects to her. Like this was my childhood doll. This okay, this is all I have left for some sort of comfort in this lost world. So she our villain and then, then. King Kong grabs her. And then we have this fun scene where King Kong is on top of a building okay. holding this girl who is holding her doll with the arms outstretched. Okay. Them, and it's funny. And what if Bo Peep is holding a very small gorilla toy? Yes. That's even better. Circle of life. Yeah. So I think once the toys reveal themselves to the human, the logical step from there is let's team up. How do we stop this? Yeah. Toys are small enough. They might go under the radar. Yeah. From king kong but so king kong is still the ultimate yeah, villain okay yes okay but i mean it makes sense you send regular size planes <laughs> yeah. he destroys them you send a toy plane they might yeah. get in unnoticed. they, they can get him in the eye they could they can't do big hits but they could do tactical hits and this is like a sheer sign of bravery yeah you think it's hard going up against king kong as a normal human how about going up against king kong as woody yeah well, what if we what if we actually just get some souped up uh, wings and engines for Buzz? Yeah, Buzz flying around that would be awesome. He takes apart a drone, yeah. and he really does learn to fly. Okay, that's really. And good. Randy Newman is singing the musical for <laughs> us. Yes. Okay. Uh, I like this movie so much. Like I really do. This is the best Toy Story movie like that we, has ever been. We kind of joked about making it really dark, but like I almost want to pull back on that because I think it would be better if it was only kind of dark. Yes, I agree. like we said PG. PG's yes. and a little bit dark. It's still family friendly. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what else to do with it. I mean, that's it. That's a great movie. And then I think it also poses some questions on the human side. Yes, we have Sid, who has learned and grown, and he yeah. respects the toys. He uses them. I think there are some humans who just think, oh, these are toys. Yes, they might be alive, but who cares? We need a fend for ourselves. Okay. We don't need to worry about them. So the toys learned the lesson of... It's worth, like, we, the humans need hope in this this bad time, and we can help them, and, and we need it too, right? Yes. The humans learn the lesson of, it's, like, worth, it's it, worth, dis, like, suspending your disbelief. So even if you know that these toys can come alive, for the next generation, you need to keep them as toys. I think it works on a level of not being oblivious to the obvious signs. Like, okay. I think in society, we sometimes kind of brush off to the side of, oh, we don't need to worry about this. Yes, there's these hardships that are happening yeah. in life, but they don't really phase me. They don't affect me. 
I there's nothing I can do or yeah. that really matters, so I'm not going to worry about it. But it keeps us in our darkest times when we have our biggest troubles. Even then, we should be looking out for the little guys. Yeah, cool. Um, I did this whole discussion did make me realize the reason they're afraid of being left behind means that they die. That's why. <laughs> it's a little scary. I think that's left in the subtext. I, I think they really so do. You don't just have like they have that. Yeah that big crisis talk with your kids afterwards. Yeah. I think, I think some of you see them, you see them like getting tired and going to sleep. Yeah. And it's like, they need human. Yeah. Love is their sustenance. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's very deep and very touching, which then makes the rest of the series very dark. It kind of does. Yeah. Cause like, they're like living in fear of like, being like forgotten. Jess, it makes a lot more sense of why Jesse doesn't want to be left in a yeah. basement. She's got like PTSD, like yeah. serious PTSD. Her reactions are very dramatic. It's like a real war situation. She yeah. almost died out there. Yeah. Wow. We just made all of Toy Story better. I didn't even know it was possible. <laughs> and I was waiting for Toy Story 4 to ruin everything. But luckily we swooped in. I think we just bumped up Toy Story retroactively on the AFI list yeah. of 99 up to at least like a 56. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's very good. That's our movie. It's called Buzz and Woody Meet King Kong. <laughs> uh, that's probably a subtitle. It is probably called Toy Story 5, colon, Buzz and Woody. Well, all of them are just Toy Story 3, Toy Story 4. I think this is just Toy Story 5, but everyone will know it as the King Kong one. Okay, that's fine. Um, and... Uh, that's it. Go find us on the internet. Yeah. Uh, you already found us one place. You can find us in more. We've got a website called silverscreenpod.com. Uh, it's also the address for the website. It's not just <laughs> what, what I like to call it. Uh, we've got Facebook, Silver Screen Redemption, uh, Twitter at Screen Redeem, Instagram, the Silver Screen Redemption. Uh, so go check us out. We make movie posters for almost all our movies. Uh, and those are fun. So go, go like and subscribe or whatever. What's your name? I'm Houston Bobbley. I'm Brian Perry. And whether or not they need redemption, we will be there. And beyond! Oh, nice. Any similarities to actual persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental.